Welcome to the first proper episode of the Equoc Chat podcast, the podcast where we tell inspiring stories to open doors. So my first guest is the wonderful Amy Rook, who is a lovely young woman that I met when we were both at the same livery yard. Amy has had an exciting and life-changing year as she has been the honest lass for Musselburgh, which is a town where we both live on the outskirts of Edinburgh, known as the Honest Tune. Amy has a real passion for working with horses and I wanted to have her on as she's someone who has worked very, very hard to get to where she is. She's incredibly humble about her brilliance and I just felt that there was no better person to get us started when it comes to talking about how amazing working with horses can be. Welcome to the Equoc Chat podcast. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so we're going to have a conversation today all about like your life, basically. So I just want to hear everything, the good, the bad and the ugly about what it's been like living and working with horses. So I guess we should probably start with your biggest claim to fame at the moment which <laughs> is your recent slint as honest lass for muscle bra <laughs> um, so do you want to tell me a little bit about what all of that is and for anyone that's not um familiar with muscle bra and the honest tune what is the story so it's a traditional um festivity that happens in Musselboro. Uh, I've always like grew up with it just living in Musselboro but one thing I always wanted to do from a very young age they were always visiting my school. Uh, I always thought it was really cool that there was girls dressed in white that could ride horses along Musselboro High Street because I think I was seen as a bit of a weirdo in those <laughs> days when I used to ride horses and everyone else was playing football um, but yeah it's it's probably one of the most the best experience of my entire life I've learned so much through it you know socializing uh, even sort of disciplining myself because you have to look a certain way you have to present yourself in a certain way because you basically are the face of Musselboro uh, it's the social skills that I've learned from it as well because you meet so many people from different border towns uh, and you have to basically spend six months with them you know it's not it's not all perfect there's people that you maybe don't necessarily get on with but overall I get on pretty much with everyone because I think everyone's in the same boat we're all under a lot of pressure uh, you visit different towns every weekend but there's a lot of running about so one minute you could be in Kelso next minute you could be in Hoyt but it has been absolutely amazing and riding along uh, Musburra High Street with my honest lad Jack and the flag was just a feeling like no other. You know, it's it's such a sense of pride and you feel like feel like the queen, really. <laughs> queen of muscle, but a lot of the time. Uh, so I would really, really recommend it to anybody who was living in Musselboro who is over the age of 19 to apply because it really is life-changing. It's really a life-changing experience and I would do it all over again if I could. But it's lovely to know that I'm always going to be an honest lass and I'll carry that with me for the rest of my life as well. What sort of things did you have to do? Like what were the, the duties that you had at honest, as honest lass? So as a... As an honest lass, you have to go around, kind of uh, represent Musselboro. So you wear a rosette with the town colours on them. Uh, you have to kind of like sing the Musselboro song everywhere you go. And you've got to sing it well. <laughs> and I'm not a singer. <laughs> you gave me a lovely rendition to it. <laughs> 
Uh, so and then you've got to do like the common rides as well you don't necessarily have to do them all but they try and encourage you to do as many as possible because the more you do in border towns the more likely they'll come to us mm-hmm. which is what we want and we want people to know that Musborough is an amazing place and that you know we can throw a party <laughs> uh, and you were saying that you had to do like quite a bit of like public speaking and things yeah so we have uh, speeches that we have to do and that was probably obviously with me being horsey the riding part was easy but the all the public speaking was yeah it was it was scary but I think when you're up there you're kind of just you're totally in the moment and a lot of the time I felt very emotional over it um, because it was such a big deal to me I've seen it before where mm-hmm. people are getting up speaking and you don't think twice about it but when you're actually standing there speaking it's uh, it's scary but yeah. I'm really glad that I have done it because it's only made me better at it you know going into this year being the outgoing last I had only one speech whereas last year I had I think it was four five and I was like you know I have to kind of help the new honest lass and calm her nerves but I was too busy calming her nerves to <laughs> forgot about mine but when I got up there I was like actually I've done this before like yeah. I know what I'm doing you're the pro in this situation yes <laughs> yes I need to act professional for for um the sake of Ellen uh, who's this year's honest lass yeah I mean it it's it's hard it is there are parts that are really really hard and there's things that you maybe necessarily don't want to do but I'm so glad that I've done them I never walked away from them and went oh my god I'm never doing that again I was like actually that wasn't as bad as I thought yeah what sort of things were they were they like horsey things or was it like more like the peopley things that were yeah it was more like I don't I don't really like being the center of attention (laughs) Um, I quite like just hiding in the background um but there's been a few times where I've visited other border towns and I've had to like get up on a stage and stand there in front of like two three hundred people and I just I hated it like (laughs) from the minute I got up there but as I say it's another one of these things the more you do it the better it gets and when I come down from there you know all the other principals are saying oh we were in the same boat we were so nervous Mm -hmm. but I think that kind of makes you feel better that you're not the only person that feels like that yeah definitely Uh, so yeah do you think that it like helps your like confidence like on a personal level oh absolutely a hundred percent I wouldn't be sitting here doing this right now (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not um yeah no I I think I I, I was at Blair at the weekend and so many people that I'd ran into from like my previous yard and stuff like that had said your confidence in yourself has just grown massively Mm -hmm. Uh, and probably partly to do with you know my promotion and my job as well but I think because I've really had to just put myself out there it's you know it's made me like realize that I actually can do a lot more than I thought I could definitely but it just takes for you to take that step to go for it yeah you do kind of have to take the step and sometimes you have to have someone to like help you take the step or Mm -hmm. it's a bit of both that you end up kind of being in a situation you're like how does I end up here yeah so you like mentioned the like the promotion within your role that you had so do you want to talk a little bit about what so what was it you did before and what was it that you ended up then doing so I worked at a full livery yard Uh, I started off there just as a full-time worker I had worked at previous loads of yards beforehand so I had plenty of kind of experience on how a yard ran and everything like that 
um, with the hope and dream that one day I would be a yard manager, but I wasn't expecting it this soon. Yeah. Uh, so what age are you? 22. <laughs> I'm just a baby. <laughs> just a baby. <laughs> uh, but over the three years that I have been there and, you know, you deal with so many different people, you learn how to deal with people that maybe necessarily aren't very easy at mm-hmm. times and how to communicate. I think communication is probably the key thing in this industry because a lot of people have different opinions and whatnot so it's I mean just even being a full-time worker there taught me a lot but I then obviously ended up knowing the yard like the back of my hand and I could probably do it in my sleep if you asked (laughs) me to and then just this year in April the previous yard manager left and I got offered the job it purely based on the fact that I've been doing this for years I've taken every opportunity I can Mm -hmm. to just get out there get experience know what I'm you're never going to know fully what you're doing every single day but just being able to kind of have the responsibility as well a lot of the time is um it's 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 hard at times when you have that pressure on you but it only makes you it only makes it easier in the long run for you to kind of make hard decisions Definitely. at times as well uh, so yeah I've I've really enjoyed you know being the yard manager and it's it's been a great experience and I wouldn't change it for, again another thing I wouldn't change for the world yeah but it means that now it's opened so many doors for me that I can go to other jobs at a higher level mm-hmm. rather than just being like a full-time worker yeah I think like when you are working on a yard one thing that like you don't necessarily realize if you've not worked on a yard is that you're not just managing the horses you're also managing the people and yeah. sometimes to manage the people you have to manage the horses yeah and you can't actually manage the people without doing the horse yeah part and vice versa yeah. and that's one of the really challenging things because like you might have I don't know 20 liveries on your yard but you also have like 20 horses so really you've got 40 personalities yeah. that you're having to manage yes <laughs> and a lot of the um a lot of the owners are like their horses as well yes. so some are very opinionated <laughs> uh, but a lot of people probably you know there's any other livery yard managers that would be listening to this you know the easiest part is the horses yeah and I'll stand by that (laughs) because it really is like they are the easy part because I've got the knowledge and experience with them but you you meet so many different people every single Mm day Um, and it's the people that can be the most challenging part of any horse job for sure yeah um do you think that like your confidence when it comes to like being around the horses and like making decisions and stuff do you feel like when you became yard manager did you suddenly feel like you're like I can make a decision like if I have a horse that I know is like is is colicking or is in a really bad situation like did you feel like you suddenly had that knowledge or did you feel like you kind of gained it like how did that sort of situation I think because I had to up my game yeah and be really really like um and like you did know what you were doing yeah but you almost didn't realize you knew that what you were doing yeah so obviously I can read the signs of like colic or laminitis and stuff like that but because I've had livery yard managers my whole life they've been the ones dealing with it yeah so I've always tried to kind of take a step back watch what they're doing yeah see what you know like kind of learn from them what what actions they take yeah like how they chose to deal with it yeah and then when I was in that position I was kind of like right okay this is happening this is what we do and if in doubt we'll get a vet 
(laughs) but I think a lot of the time as well I have to treat it as a worst case scenario just to cover my own back I can't really like just push things aside no you can't brazen it out when it's someone else's horse exactly so yeah um as I say though I think when you're put in that position you're you're you kind of just get a bit more switched on and you're like right okay I really need to keep aware of what I'm doing and what's going on and but you learn so much of the horse's personalities as well yeah. that you can see when things are slightly like off really with them. really subtle changes yeah. and you're like, there's something a little bit wrong here yeah. and you're switched on to it because you know them inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think like, I don't know, do you feel like your personalities like changed as a result of all of the things that have happened to you like in the last year or do you just think you've kind of like grown into it more? Yeah, I would say, I'd say my personality is definitely more confident than it used to be. Um, I think I was quite quite shy when I was younger, like very, very shy. You're very shy when I first met you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just like to keep to myself. And I think even, you know, things like this, just having a chat and whatnot, I found that quite daunting mm-hmm. because I had to really, really think about what I was saying. Mm-hmm. But it's now it kind of comes a bit more natural to me. I sometimes ramble on and go off course, but... Uh, I do feel like I have changed but only for the better yeah but I've always kept my head yeah I've not let anything like being the honest lass or being a yard manager get to my head yeah I'm still very grounded in where I am Uh, and you know but I think as well I've I've learned my worth as well which is something I've really really struggled with yeah um you know going on to what I might be doing next after obviously um the yard shutting down I know what I'm capable of and I know how you know your worth now. yeah and yeah. like you and even though it's only been like a few months or like this summer that you've been doing the managing like obviously what you're kind of planning to do next do you think you could have done that like six months ago oh absolutely not <laughs> no <laughs> if you if you spoke to me about a year ago it would be a completely different situation altogether yeah uh, I've, it would be absolutely <laughs> So what are you doing next? So I am actually running my own little business, my little side hustle, mm-hmm. um, called, I've, I've actually named it Aries. So it's Amy Rook um, Individual Equine Services. Nice. Um, and I'm basically making packages for whoever, you know, if it, someone approaches me and they're like, right, I need this and this and this done for my horse. Mm-hmm. I can create, you know, a package a price mm-hmm. of what they need and you know from the from the work that I've been doing mm-hmm. I've learned the importance of really listening to the owner and the horse mm-hmm. of what they need because I think it's really really hard these days to find such a bespoke service yeah um a lot of the times it's just kind of chucking the horses out or quickly mucking out mm-hmm. whereas I really like to take my time and I really like to make sure that I'm putting 110% effort in what I'm doing Mm -hmm. because I care for these animals so much Mm -hmm. and yeah so I'm hoping that's where there's a little gap in the market that I can slip into as well. I really like that I think it's it's really good to have like that sort of that concept of like what your sort of identity is going to be and I think everyone has such complicated lives that are I don't know I think even since COVID like with more people working from home even like you have people that are just on really really different schedules and so being able to have a really bespoke like package for knowing what's happening with your horse and it might be a different thing every single day and knowing that you've got someone that you can rely on is going to be like absolutely essential to so many people yeah Um, and we live in like such a horsey area as well yeah and I think there's something really unique actually about kind of where we live which is sort of really close to like Edinburgh and being the city centre but also 
we're really rural as well. Yeah. And so you have people that kind of have these really hybrid lives of like maybe having a really complicated city center job, but also having this like really rural lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it can be really, really hard like to juggle the two. And I guess you got really, really good at dealing with that ELL because so many of your clients were going to be in that exact sort of situation. Yeah. So I guess like moving on, um, what have some of your other experiences of like working with horses kind of been like so prior to the last year where obviously you've done all of this amazing all these amazing things and had so much growth um what were sort of some of your other experiences what were like the more challenging things that you've had to kind of deal with like earlier on uh so obviously from a young age I kind of volunteered at as many like yards and places that I could so that I could deal with different horses and whatnot um I think I probably the one of my biggest challenges has been my confidence Mm -hmm. um probably prior to what I've been doing the last year Mm -hmm. uh I think a lot of the time when I was when I was younger because I wasn't confident in myself I wasn't confident in what I was doing with horses yeah uh you know the horses have taught me so much they have they've taught me patience they've taught me the you know the importance of communication even though you can't speak to them there's there's way yeah there's ways um and I think really a big influencer kind of in my day when I first started out with horses was um, Monty Roberts Mm -hmm. I really liked the way he communicated with horses and done the rounding up and stuff so I I always watched his videos and you know through my experience with horses I've everything he's said has been right yeah you know you you can have a you can have a communication and relationship with horses and it really can change you and show you and give you like uh, give you experiences that you never thought you could have yeah and and they they teach you so much about yourself as well yeah yeah absolutely um so yeah I've I think probably my most challenging thing has been my confidence whether it be on the ground or riding yeah Uh, but I think that has gradually grown as well and a lot of people have said you know if I'm in lessons and whatnot Mm -hmm. it has been my confidence but I think if you just kind of take your time do your own thing keep on your own path yeah then you will you will gradually increase definitely your confidence as well so definitely um and you've got two horses of your own as well mm-hmm. so how do you find like looking after them and kind of juggling like their life and your professional life like how do you find that balance really hard <laughs> really really hard really it is hard there's we are um... exhausted <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh god uh, i think yeah it's it's been it has been hard to kind of juggle not even that but even just having a social life as well just to try and keep me sane yeah as much as I love my horses to pieces I get to the end of a a long working day and I'm like oh we're going again (laughs) I have two more stables to muck yes (laughs) but I wouldn't I wouldn't give it up for the world no do you know I, I still love them and I wouldn't I wouldn't um I wouldn't give them up I think probably my, probably the most important thing for me is to try and just make sure that there's always a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as horses are great and enjoyable, there needs to be a balance of kind of being away from them, having a social life. Yeah. Um, because it can get intense. And I think because I've not really got a job where I'm like in an office, mm-hmm. then I sometimes maybe don't find it as enjoyable when I go to my own. Mm-hmm. But as I say, when I get on my horse and I'm riding them, I'm like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. And it's 
it's all worth it yeah it's absolutely all (laughs) worth it once I've mucked out a stable with like three wheelbarrows it's all worth it because my horse is going beautifully yeah definitely I can definitely like it it can be really really hard sometimes until you do get on and you have a really good ride and you're like oh this is why this is why I'm permanently exhausted this is why I have bags under my eyes and I don't get ID'd anymore when I go to the shop Yeah, exactly. I've noticed that actually. Like, how tired do I look? So I was far too quick. Clearly over 25. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of already touched on this, but like in terms of what you want to like do next, both in like the short and long term, you'd kind of said at the beginning, like you'd always wanted to work with horses. Do you think like 10, 15 years from now, do you think you still want to be working with horses? Or I don't know any different. <laughs> I really don't. I've just, it's always been, you know, I've n- I was never really that academic at school and I just wanted to be with the horses. Yeah. And I knew that's, I knew from a really, really young age that that's where I wanted to. That's like a happy place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the career I wanted. Equally, you know, there there are times where you think and you you kind of go, well, should I just have something else to try and because it is it's intense and it's hard work every single day. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, I'd be like, I can't imagine myself doing anything else. Yeah, and I've worked so hard to try and get to the points that I'm at, at right now and get yeah. the opportunities that I've been given. And I don't, I can't see myself letting that slip. Yeah, do you, it's it's like so clear, like how passionate you are. And I remember um, I was chatting to um, your friend Sinead and she was like, Amy's like literally living her dream. Like she's become a yard <laughs> manager and she's 22. And I was like, I'm so pleased for her. And we were so buzzed for you because like it was so evident, like how much it meant to you. And it was the same as well, well when like you were becoming honest lass as well. Like I'd kind of, I'd been aware of kind of the honest lass stuff going on. I'm not. I'm not a native to Musselburgh. I have only moved here in the last like three or four years. <laughs> but I've known enough about like the borders, common rides and stuff to like know how big a deal it is and how much pride the people that are involved in it have. Um, and so it was just so lovely to see like when you did become it because it was it was so, so evident like how much it meant to you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's I think that's one of the things that definitely is so apparent whenever you meet anyone involved with horses is like just how much passion and love people have for Mm -hmm. not only like the animal but also just like everything that kind of comes along with it and like we did have a chat before um where we kind of spoke about some of the other less pleasant sides of the horse world Mm -hmm. but I think that it the the bad stuff is so strongly outweighed by all of the goods that you do kind of you you put up with all of the nonsense that can come along with it Mm -hmm. and the more sort of good experiences that you have with them it is much easier to overlook like yeah some of the the more negative things that can come alongside and I think you just have to sort of be good at closing the door on the bad experiences Mm -hmm. just focusing on like the good ones that you have yeah yeah because I've uh, you know as a manager I do have a lot of people come up to me and they they say oh I'm not happy about this and I'm not happy about that but then when you get it right and they're like oh my god thank you so much that Mm -hmm. totally just that puts everything else out the window and I'm like oh my god I've done something right it's brilliant (laughs) (laughs) but as I say it's just it's just communication and yeah if people have different views and whatnot they just need to let you know yeah and that that is exactly it because even like when you like I guess when you're managing a yard like people will have a certain way that they maybe like things being done but Mm -hmm. um and obviously what you're going to try and do is you're going to try and and do everything in in the way that those people will want you to do things but when you have a yard of 25 30 horses you can't 
it's hard yeah, yeah. You can, it's really really difficult to please everyone and finding yeah. that balance is sort of the challenge but I love that you've called it Aries I think that's a really cool name. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a Capricorn as well so I think the last thing that I want to ask and this is going to be the question that I'm going to end um everyone's everyone's podcast episode on is how have horses changed your life oh god <laughs> where to <does I> start <laughs> i think they've they've not only changed my life they've changed me yeah. as a person but they've they've made me have such a different outlook on life and that even when there's so much going on either at home or with you know like in school and stuff like that i wasn't i was i wasn't the most popular I, I wasn't exactly everyone's favorite but I think I always knew that there was some sort of escape from everything yeah definitely um and I find that horses have been my just my safe place yeah. my, my place to go and my place to enjoy time to myself and you know because it was the only thing that I was good at it made me feel better about myself um and yeah I, do, I honestly to be honest I don't think I would probably be here speaking today if if I didn't have horses to keep me grounded a lot of the time. Yeah. They they've done so much for me and they've they've done so much for my mental health as well. Definitely. Um as much as as we say the the good the, you, you know along with the good you get the bad but I look at the bad as challenges and I constantly like to be challenged mm-hmm. and I like to push myself to limits that you know no one else would really yeah. understand like, what's the next go, thing? Yeah. what can I do next but yeah no they, they've done so much for me and I think probably my biggest achievement with horses in general which is is, is probably my wee guy Sid who he came from a rescue centre nobody wanted to sit on him and I literally got handed him for free because he was me and him just had this connection Mm -hmm. and if it wasn't for him I got him when I was 13 I think I was Mm -hmm. so just when you know you're starting starting to go into high school where you know things are different yeah people are changing it's a difficult time it's it's really really hard time school and I you know as much as I loved school I also hated it at the same time but he was he was everything to me when I was going through school. Yeah, just like a constant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, you know, if I had a really crap day, I know I could go see him at the end of the day, pop him over a jump, and I'd be like, okay, everything's fine. Yeah. Life's good. Yeah. <laughs> and like meeting so many friends, like Sinead. Mm-hmm. Sinead's my best friend in the whole world. And if I wasn't into horses, I would never, have, never met have met her. Exactly. So and she's one of these people that I could turn to and you know any day and be like I need you and she would Mm -hmm. come and get me so I suppose it's not only just horses it's who you meet and the doors that open for you along um, like in the industry um but yeah no it's it's hard to describe because it's the only thing I've ever known but it definitely if anything it's been my safe place yeah I totally get that. I think it's it's interesting what you said when you were like horses were the only thing that I was good at, which is obviously not true. But also that is like that is genuinely how it feels mm-hmm. because when you are like the weird horse girl at school, yeah, you're like, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> you're like my whole identity is horse. Horsey, yes. <laughs> I have nothing else. Yeah, but it's it, but it's almost through like having that 
that you start to like you know yourself enough to be like actually I'm into all of these other things as well and that I have all of these other interests and there is like a whole sort of world but it's it's weird how like an animal can like be the conduit to that I know it's absolutely nuts because they're just they're magnificent animals and I just I just don't think there's any other animal in the world like them and that's probably very biased of me to say but do you know it was even like when I was when I was going along the high street in Musselboro on my horse I just I was like this is this is why I do it yeah this feeling this this feeling that I actually can't describe Mm -hmm. just this feeling (laughs) yeah just this feeling right here or even you know like we went to Selkirk and you come up the toll mm-hmm. um, and I actually cried the whole way up because I was like, I'm on the back of a horse screaming, like going hooray <laughs> to everybody and everyone's there to see me ride. Yeah. Whereas like when I was younger, that would be like, what the hell is she doing? Yeah. <laughs> like doing hooray on the back <laughs> of a horse. But like, yes. yeah, and I think it, it's a feeling of belonging. Yeah. Uh, I think I I lacked that a lot when I was younger and I think in the horse world I just felt like I belonged there Mm -hmm. and yeah I just I don't really know how to describe it it's really hard I think you've done a very good job (laughs) of describing it I think anyone that's listened to this and just is hearing us like just gush about (laughs) feelings that we can't fully articulate yeah that's that's it that's it in a nutshell yeah if you could bottle the feeling that we know we're trying to describe then Mm -hmm. other people would get it and I think anyone that is listening and has experienced that feeling they will get it too yeah and I just hope that everyone at some point in their life gets to experience that from something whether or not it's horses whether it's something else in your life like it's it's a unique feeling but I think it's one because you share it with another animal that can't speak your language but is still like your teammate and still shows up for you and is still like very much present in whatever the moment is like that's I think that's what makes it extra special absolutely yeah absolutely thank you so much you were you've you've been so open and shared (laughs) so much and I think what's been really nice about this conversation actually is the fact that you have spoken so much about like your sort of personal sort of like struggles and emotions and like your personal growth as like as a as a human being and it's not just about like doing these things within like a certain job or whatever it's it's literally been about like your development as a person yeah it's at like such key pivotal moments like in your life yeah I don't know what type of person I'll be without horses I don't know either I'd probably just be like sort of sat in a corner somewhere rocking yeah yeah probably (laughs) me too actually yeah certainly I certainly wouldn't be the person I'm today absolutely not thank you so so much that's thank been amazing you. <laughs> i hope you enjoyed listening to amy talk as much as i enjoyed the conversation that i had with her that podcast literally could have been approximately three hours long because we ended up chatting for hours and hours and hours and half of it wasn't even recorded because (laughs) we got so far into our conversation we were like oh we better start recording this now because there's actually some really good content here (laughs) what I loved about speaking to Amy was how open she was about absolutely everything that she's experienced and um and yeah just as I said at the beginning how humble she is about all the things that she's done like to have done all of that by such a young age is so so cool 
and I think is a massive source of inspiration and evidence of what you can achieve when you both work really really hard and are really really passionate about something because as Amy said she has worked with horses basically her whole life and she's known from a very young age that's what she wanted to do and she has been someone who has proactively gone out there and sought experiences in order to succeed in the industry and I think that everything that she's done is a great source of you know inspiration for anyone that kind of wants to achieve a similar sort of thing. Something that um, Amy and I spoke about I can't remember if it was before or after we started recording, was when she had been recruiting for staff to work on the livery yard with her, um, she commented that she was finding it quite hard to find people that had experience. And she sort of observed that since the pandemic, certainly there's been a sort of shift because when we were growing up, like we we found it really easy to find opportunities volunteering and working on, on yards because I don't know if it was just because there was no health and safety or nobody really cared, <laughs> but we we were just kind of able to just sort of rock up somewhere and be like I really like horses and I want to help out but that's not really been well since Covid certainly that those sort of opportunities didn't sort of exist in the same way and there's sort of been a bit more of a closed doors policy or it's just been a bit more sort of formal in order to get in and, and she observed that um, that was something that she was seeing in, in the sort of experience that she was getting from people that were applying for the jobs because um, obviously quite often when you have sort of entry level positions at livery yards it is often young people, teenagers teenagers that are kind of applying to those positions and that's something that we've certainly observed and I don't really know what the solution to that is but it is obviously something to be aware of but I think the sort of the lesson behind that is that you kind of have to be proactive in seeking out opportunities and if you don't ask you don't get so if there's somewhere that you want to go or some place that you want to work or someone that you want to work with it is down to you to kind of to seek that out something that we've observed certainly since the pandemic in the real world things can maybe seem a a little bit more closed sort of online there's certain a a more sort of openness that exists and you're actually sort of more aware of the opportunities more so than we ever were before when we were kind of growing up and sort of learning about the horse world and I just think it's it's an interesting sort of shift that we've noticed even in our lives like I'm a good few years older than Amy but we sort of our experience growing up around horses was very similar and I think that it's just is an interesting thing as an observer to see and certainly all of the things that Amy also spoke about in terms of like her experience being being um the queen of Musselburgh <laughs> Um, that's something that is like a very traditional thing that we have certainly in in Scotland and, and in, in the borders towns um, it always sort of baffled me actually that Musselburgh did, did it because none of the other East Lothian towns did and we're much further away from the borders than <laughs> some of the others are but I guess maybe maybe Amy's the person to ask about why there is um, a festival the way that Musselburgh has a festival I wonder if it's to do with the race course and the fact it's quite a horsey town Oh, I'm I'm rambling now, haven't I? So I think that's time to to wrap up. Um, I really hope you enjoyed this first episode, the first proper episode of basically just me having a chat with someone who has an inspiring story to tell. Thank you again so, so much to Amy for coming on and for being so open. I really hope you enjoyed listening. If you want to get involved with everything that Equine Qualifications UK is doing, our website is going to be up and running um so the to visit the website is www.equoc.org um and actually 
full circle, you'll see lots of the dynamic content on that website features Sinead, who Amy and I reference in this, um, Sinead and her wonderful horse Echo, very, very kindly were my models for the day and helped me film a whole lot of content. A little bit of trivia about this, but basically Sinead, um, Sinead was my sponsored rider through my massage business and we are both Ellie Fredericks fangirls and <laughs> we spoke about how much we love watching Ellie Fredericks' Instagram content and how she's an incredibly satisfying rider to watch. And I told Sinead that I thought she was an incredibly satisfying rider to watch as well because her and Echo just literally make everything look so, so easy so if you want to go and see uh, Sinead and Echo jumping some very big jumps and making it all look incredibly easy head over to www.equoc.org and you can also find out about all of the stuff that we're doing um, in terms of widening access opening doors and all of the social enterprise stuff that is going on thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time Mm -hmm.